How are you? Hope you're fine. This is the Shaggy Show. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Good luck, studio. Oh, there's going to be some drama ahead. All I wanted was a pie. And then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. I see your mental condition is improving. Is it metaphorical? Is it is it deep? Is it deep? <laughs> Boy, he said all that shy is right. <laughs> Blimey, governor. It's the Shy Life Podcast. Hello, please. Oh, quack, quack, quack. I Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? I'm alright. So, what's this episode going to be about? Well, um... As many episodes seem to be, this one is about Yeti Uncle John. Um, what's he been up to? Well, it's not, you know, it's not quite the same as those days where he was inventing things and, and potentially causing havoc. Um, this is one of his lower level, um, uh, well, it's still pretty devastating, to be honest. Do you remember that he was writing a book? Oh, well, he did write a book about the Charlotte podcast, and, and I, I had to sort of have it banned because it was full of lies, basically, and, and fabrications about how wonderful he was. So in the end, it never got released, uh, even though I did do some rewrites on it to try and make it a bit more uh, truthful. But anyway, he lost interest. But uh, what he didn't lose interest in was, was writing, because, um, well, it's Uncle John... Uh, has written a play and um he decided that uh he he wanted to to film it um for for some competition or some local film festival or something i i i can't remember but as you know yeti uncle john um he he uh he's a bit of a cheapskate he didn't want to employ real actors obviously I've done some acting, but um, as for the others, well, maybe less so. I mean, obviously, Bettina Dupre, but uh, I think, you know, I, I don't think he really cares whether I've done acting or not. Uh, I think Bettina was the one in his sights. But anyway, we should run the theme music. When we come back, you'll see um, exactly what the play was about um, and how it went when uh, it's Uncle John decided to direct his own script. Um, yeah. Okay, run that theme music. Darling, it's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> yes, but it's a positive thing, Paul. The highlights, the shy lights. I mean, I'll, I'll go anywhere for a potato. Delicious. Hello, campers. How are you? You quite like a big fan, don't you, Paul? Good grief. Well, that's a whopper. <laughs> go Shy Yeti. Oh, I hope he hasn't found out my secret. I think he has. I love the Yeti's Essence, my favourite thing. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Yeah, I am strangely drawn to Yeti Uncle John's ankles as well. <laughs> I could eat more body weight in crisps <laughs> every day. Has anyone seen my hot sausage? It's all gooey and meaty and yum, 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 yum. Here comes the grizzly. It's the Shy Life Podcast. 
I can't wait for it to begin. <laughs> I'd like that. Yeah. Look, mommy, I'm famous. <laughs> Marvelous. Marvelous, Paul. Hi there. I can't believe he's done it, Paul. Uh, what, what exactly, Cromarty? This whole script business. Uh, I know. I know. Um, it's a very Yeti Uncle John um, sort of script, isn't it? Well, Paul, I mean, I, uh, I, I, I've never seen a script that he's written, but I, I did see extracts from that uh, uh, Shalaf podcast autobiography that he wrote. Yeah, well, I saw a lot of that because I was involved in rewriting it, but... Uh, yeah, never got published though, did it? No, probably for the best. It was very much his story. Yes. Well, this is very much his story too, this script. It is, yes. Um, How best to describe it? Well, Paul, it's sort of like Yeti Uncle John, the early years. Yeah, that kind of sums it up, I suppose. Not the very early years, not the childhood. No, sort of, I don't know, the, the 20s, is it? Or, or the 30s? I think it jumps around a bit. He's trying to be all arty and clever, but... Uh, he's sort of written it like it is a fiction, though. Yes. Yeah. Um, he, 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 uh, the main character isn't really named, is he? No. No, not exactly. Yeah. But it's him. It's meant to be him, isn't it? Well, absolutely. I, I, I pretty much, I'm pretty much sure. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I, um, it's very over the top, isn't it? Very... Uh, fantastical. It is very fantastical, Paul. We're supposed to believe that uh, um, this is what his life was like. Well, the trouble is with Yeti Uncle John, we didn't really know him, or we didn't really follow what he was doing when he was in his 20s and 30s, because uh, we were, well, I was, I mean, in my 20s, we were up in Sutton Park, dealing with all that, and then you and I lost contact, and, and well, Yeti Uncle John was never around then, was he? I'd hear the odd bit of news about him, but he was a, a very distant relative then. He was being merciful, Paul. <laughs> Don't let me say that. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Mm, yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. So, he's meant to be turning up, isn't he? Yes, yes, he is. Um, I mean, this is like a, a, a series of scenes, isn't it? A, a series of scenes. Yes, this whole film of his. It's very disjointed. I mean, it could be about, I don't know, 20 different people. You know, there's, there's no development of story. It's, it's very, you know, um, look, I did this, how wonderful I am. Well, hmm, that may be a rather harsh uh, sort of critique on what he's written, but now you are right. It is very much um, like a, a list of his achievements all this character's achievements. Well, come on, Paul. I mean, the character's called Donald. He's called Donald, but he's called Yeti Uncle Don, isn't he? Yes, exactly. Yeti Uncle Don. <laughs> it's hardly subtle. Why didn't he just say, it's all about me? Well, I think it's pretty much self-evident, but uh, anyway, he, he's supposed to be turning up to discuss um, filming. I mean, oh, this is going to be such a mess. What, this film? Yeah, I mean... We're just doing it in the area, you know, in, in people's houses with people he knows. Uh, well, it's for this amateur film festival, isn't it? I know, I know. And he only found out about it the other day, and the film festival is only in a week. Well, I guess, you know, we do have access 
to Bettina's house and, and to Lula's house and, and some countryside and um, places like Richmond Park and the canal. And But how much does that relate to the script? I wouldn't be surprised if he's written the script to reflect the locations that, that he has. I mean, he might as well have just written a complete fantasy. I know, Paul, I know. And has everybody agreed to take part? I don't think anyone's had much choice. I think both Cuthbert and Ick had lines in the original draft, but of course they won't be able to take their parts, but I'm pretty sure the magpies feature. Most probably the magpie. Oh, just a minute, here he comes. He's coming up the path now. I'll let him in. Thanks, Cromarty. Oh, Cromarty, thank you. Oh, Paul, Paul. Hello, guys. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, yes, thank you. I'll have a cup of tea. Uh, it's all right, the kettle's just boiling. Oh, thank you. Uh, so, what do you think? D- do you like the script? Well, well yeah. I, um, we, we've read it. Yeah. Well, I should hope so, too. Yes, well, there's one thing I would say is that it's full of words. Uh, well, well, yes, most scripts are. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's a definitely a positive. It, it's definitely, definitely a, a, a positive. Yes, yes, uh, absolutely. Well, come on, guys. Heap me full of praise. Uh, well, it was very, it was very you, Yeti Uncle John. Or should we say, Yeti Uncle Don? <laughs> oh, uh, you saw through the script then. Uh, uh, wasn't sure that you'd realise. Uh, yes. It's a, so this is meant to be autobiographical? Well, well yes, but I didn't want to, uh, you know, slap my name over the film, so that's why I changed the name. Well, only slightly. Oh, well, yes, well, nobody will realise. Well, maybe it's just because we're, we're, we're close to you. We, we, we realise that it's meant to be about you. Of course, we, we were just saying we didn't really know you then, so we don't know how authentic your script is or how many embellishments there are. Embellishments, Paul? I've told you stories about my life before now. Well, we have heard various anecdotes, but all out of order, and some of them seem to clash or contradict each other. It's a bit like when you talk to Bettina. I mean, none of her stories ever seem to match up. I wouldn't let her hear you say that, Paul. No, it would, Paul means nothing bad. All we're saying is that, uh, well, uh, uh, you, you obviously got up to a lot uh, in your 20s and early 30s. Oh, I did. I did. I did all sorts of things. All sorts of jobs. Yeah, it's, it's just that some of these scenes, um, uh, I, yeah, I don't remember them happening. Some of these, some of these um, scenes, well, uh, at least one of them in, involves me, and, and I don't remember that actually happening. Oh, well, you know, uh, you know what they say, um, uh, if you remember the 90s, you weren't there. I thought I thought that was the sixties. Oh, it, it applies to uh, pretty much every decade, to be honest. Oh, okay. Well, it's certainly a very interesting story. Thank you. Yes. So we're going to be making a film of it with quite a quick turnaround, I, I, I imagine. I'm afraid so. Yes. I mean, uh, film has to be in a week. A week on Saturday. So. Yeah, we've only just got slightly over a week, so I've got to record it, and then we've got to edit it, which I hope you'd help me with, Paul. Really? I haven't done editing on video for ages. Oh, yes, but you did it so much, you know, back in the day. I used to do a lot of video editing, yes. Uh, I'm much more 
sort of up with audio editing these days, as you can imagine. But, uh, well, I'll help you if I can. And, and if I can't help, then I'm sure Nick will help because uh, he's done video editing more recently. Thank you. There, great. So has everybody agreed to take part? Yes, yes. Uh, well, I've got you and Cromarty and uh, Martin and Tallulah and Bettina and August and um, who else? Uh, Reginald uh, and... Um, uh, the Magpies, obviously Cuthbert, uh, can't really do it at the moment, and Eek, well, can't really do it at the moment. Oh, I was going to suggest um, it to Ozzy, but uh, uh, doesn't look like he's going to be around, he's uh, overseas. Um, who else? Um, I, might, I might ask Albert or Charlie Gurr to uh, do some voiceover stuff, uh, and I bumped into Wilson. Uh, and he and he said he'd quite like some part, but uh, but uh, well, we'll have to see. Oh uh, well. Um, and and uh, are you going to be uh, playing a role, or are you just being the director? Oh well, I think that's pretty obvious, Paul. Oh, I'm going to be playing the lead. Uh, oh oh, so I I just wasn't sure. I mean, aren't you a bit old to be playing yourself uh, twenty thirty years ago? Paul, the one thing people always say about me is that I look very good for my age, so uh, I think I can pass for 2025. <laughs> really? Yes. I mean, a little bit of makeup, a little bit of Vaseline on the lens. Well, maybe quite a lot of Vaseline on the lens. It's, well, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, these widescreen uh, high definition cameras, they're, they're very unforgiving, Yeti Uncle John. Oh, well, I haven't got one of them. I've just got. Uh, I've just got an old video camera that uh, uh, I've had for about 20 years, but it'll do the job. It's fine. 20 years? Is it even digital? Oh, just, uh, uh, I'll, I'll check. I think so. Yeah, early digital. Oh, dear, it'll be very pixelated. No, 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 property. It's, it's not that cheap. It was, it was, uh, it was a gift from, from, an, uh, from an admirer. I suppose it's kind of fitting that you'd be making a, a film about your, your youth uh, with, with a camera was uh, made in your youth. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, when do we start filming? Uh, tomorrow, if you're free. Well, I'm free. Are you, are you free, Cromarty? Yes, yes. I have um, I have a few days off work. Uh, when, when I heard about the film, I, I, I arranged it. And, and actually, I, I had leave to take, so it was fine. Good, good. Um, well, um, I, 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 uh, I did notice a few typos in, in your script. I wasn't sure if you wanted me to uh, proofread it or, or or spell check it or, or whatever. Uh, no, no, no. The, 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 the spelling mistakes are deliberate. It, uh, it's, it's all part of the mystique. Uh, okay. Yes, you, you might understand it, Paul. It's the way we spoke back in them days. Uh, in, well, certainly my friends and I, we all spoke in typos. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's it's part of it's part of the time, part of the era, part part of the atmosphere, the ambiance. Part of the ambiance, really. Gosh, well, <laughs> you're obviously part of uh, quite a gang. Yes, I mean, as as you'll know, having read the script, it is very much about me and my gang, and some of the jobs I did, some of the people I encountered, so some of some of my some of my bows, your bows. I didn't know you did archery. Uh, I think you might be talking about romantic bows. Oh, those. Yes, I skipped those scenes. I, 
I felt uncomfortable reading them. Cromartie, you're supposed to have read the script all the way through. But I'm afraid I've only read the scenes that I was part of, at least for now. Oh, Cromartie, I've been busy with the laboratory. Oh, really? Well, I've read it all yet, Uncle John, and and Cromartie's right to feel a bit uncomfortable. Those scenes are, yeah, they're a bit... Well, it's your script. We'll just, you know... We'll we'll just um, do what you want us to do. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Right. Well, I suggest you all have an early night. It's going to be a busy day. Gosh. Well, uh, it sounds like we do need an early night. It sounds like we've got a lot ahead of us, um, listeners. Um, well, we're going to have an early night. So maybe you'd like to listen to something. I don't know. Some music, a uh, quiz, a chat with somebody. I'm not sure. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. What occurs. Paul, please know Sutton Park this episode because it, it will distract from, from the majesty of the film that we are making. I don't want to be influenced or, or distracted, you know, by by your attempts at filmmaking. Oh, yeah, the Uncle John. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine, yes, the Uncle John. We, we've been having a bit of a Sutton Park break of late, although there's plenty more episodes to share in the future. But, uh, um, yeah, no, it's it's fine. Uh um, we'll we'll find something else. All right, listeners, you have a listen. When we come back, we'll be making this film. How exciting! Yes, Cromartie, this will be a real experience for you. This is uh, filmmaking in its rawest, uh, rawest state. Uh, yes. Ah, great, good. Uh, it'll certainly be an experience. Oh boy. you think of, of of critics um yeah i mean i i have a good example i was thinking recently is that i've just been to see the new indiana jones film oh yes and the, i think the press hated it i mm. i all the word of I, I i don't know how many indiana jones films i've actually seen from beginning to end i couldn't confirm i've seen any from beginning to end but i've probably just been there's been a long time um so my friend from school who who we we meet every time i come back to my parents because he's working back here at the moment um we went for a meal and he'd said oh i'd like to see indiana jones and i and i was kind of hoping i said i said to him after we'd been to the to it that uh i was kind of hoping that the dates wouldn't work out and that it would be gone by the time we met up next time but I'm really glad that I saw it because, mm-hmm. uh, and and although the original the initial press was very negative mm-hmm. and going on about bad CGI and bad this, mm-hmm. but there wasn't actually that much CGI at all. And mm-hmm. and also, a lot after a week or so, all the comments from people on Facebook were, mm-hmm. well, I don't know what the the problem was. I really enjoyed yeah. it. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and 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 that was my experience. And people who have been to see it this week, uh, you know, who I said I was, yes. Yeah, quite good fun um i've said the same i mean mm. not not really to do not really thanks to harrison ford mm. much more to um phoebe waller bridge from mm. 
um, from Freebag, mm. uh, her character sort of mm. is a good a good foil for his character. That's quite mm. bland, really. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. So mm. you know, critics, who well, are these people? <laughs> well, this is who it. I mean, I mean, the thing is that uh, I, well, well, I I don't make a living out of my podcasting. As as you know, I mean, we, I don't think I've made a penny out of it. But but the truth of the matter is that what we do or what I do is I I, I act as you know I, I I share my opinion on programs that I have watched, and sometimes I don't like them, and sometimes I can mock them, and everything like that. And so it's difficult for me to criticise the critics. But equally, I think most weeks uh, or most episodes where I'm being critical, I, I I do at least add the caveat, but what do I know? I've never made a television programme. I've never made a movie. You know, uh, these, these people don't put these things together to make them badly. I think there's a lot of nonsense talked about fine art by fine art critics, mm. which sometimes makes me roll my eyes and generally want to, you know, my teeth itch you know all this kind of thing but what i think in the end people like to know whether something's worth you know worth their while is, is this going to be good is this going to be bad and, and that can only come down to an opinion the problem is sometimes that when people take that as gospel and won't yeah. they people will prefer to listen to a critic than actually go and watch the film and make up their own mind and i think what bothers me more actually is received opinion is this if you don't agree with me you are stupid attitude that a lot of people have you know it's 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 again what i mean the other wearing my other hat that's kind of like why you know people are critical of, of eras of doctor who mm. you know how you know how can you say that tom baker's era is the best you're an idiot and 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 people pile on people or how can you hate jodie whittaker what do you you know you don't know what you're talking about all these kind of things which of course ultimately these are still people who are trying to make good television or good you know good entertaining uh, programs and also the, the people who slag off shows uh, like that long-running shows that don't could i was sort of saying but it may just be you that's changed and yes uh, uh, well they get proprietorial don't they this, this yeah. is the thing they get i i they feel like they own it and they could do it better even though i, I could say someone i've never made a television show in my life. i wouldn't know the first thing about it i mean i you know you like to think if someone made the offer and you'd go thank you very much and bite their hand off but it might you might make i might make the worst program in the history of television i just don't know I, 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 it would just it was just Doctor Who just Doctor Who we played by Yeti Uncle John and, and it would, I, no. I, I don't, I'm not I'm not very I, mean, I think he'd do a good job. But, <laughs> I, but, I just think it's it's weird because ultimately I think nowadays human beings we have become so much uh, this this idea that if you're not with us you're against us it's become so prevalent it's it's like you know people are looking for people to agree with them. You know, and ultimately you're allowed to go and see a movie and despite what everybody says, you're allowed to like it, even if everybody's telling you it's rubbish. There are some terrible movies that I will watch as a guilty pleasure. I, you know, there are some wonderful movies that I think, oh, that's a bit, it's, it's a bit average, that. But it doesn't matter, you know, but it, it, as long as you get what you want out of a thing i mean the critics are a kind of necessary evil because generally speaking people will go 
I've never heard of this. What's it like? What's it about? So maybe critics need to be just more. Well, if you go to this film, you will get two hours of this and, you know, and and this and it will be entertaining. It might not be the greatest script. It might, you know, I mean, I recently sort of for my sins been watching a lot of bad television and I know it's bad television, but equally whenever you mention a certain show is bad people will just tell you that it was their favorite and how how dare you and all this kind of thing and you think well you know i, yeah, I can make a rational decision or i can make a a, ju- a judgment rather you know based on the amount of stuff i watch that actually some of the dialogue in the six million dollar man is not well written now i've never written an episode of the six million dollar man I've never performed in an episode of the Six Million Dollar Man, but nevertheless, you know, I can see that for not being well done. The show overall is perfectly adequate and perfectly enjoyable. It's a it's a passable hour of television, but there are exchanges within that that are bad dialogue because I've watched things like Play for Dinner. I've watched good written tell enough good written tell well written television. See, that's that's bad. Is it? I, good written, not bad written. I remember seeing some episodes of Barnet Woman where I was a <laughs> sort of like questioning um, uh, the, 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 the acting um, decisions of some of the cast. And this, is it. and this is the thing, you know, but ultimately, overall, it's a perfectly popular, watchable hour of television. It's just that if you've watched a lot of it, you can actually think, oh, that's bad. You know, uh, I mean, specifically, uh, I think I was watching because it was a sort of science fiction story. I felt that the person who was writing it, their only experience of science fiction must have been the Flash Gordon serials because <laughs> they were they were using the same kind of dialogue in that mm. very stilted, over there we will use the special interocitor device or whatever. It yeah. felt very forced and very just badly written. But, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm saying to you, well, if you like the Six Million Dollar Man, you're an idiot, because that's not true. It's just, you know, I happen to have found that one. I think my favourite critic was Clive James, and and the writing of Clive James on television is so witty Mm. because he takes the flaws and makes a feature of them and actually turns it around and makes writes an entertaining piece of writing about something that, might not be very good and i think that is the best of the critics is when they are being smart and and clever and actually you know they are saying to you yeah you know we we came here to mock but actually you know there's nothing wrong there's nothing lowbrow about film or television as an art form it's merely there are some bits of it that are better than others i mean you know you you know as well as i do i mean you know you hopefully you listen to my show but you certainly feature on my show and i genuinely don't watch a lot of modern television Mm. i don't watch a lot of uh, light entertainment television Mm. they're not my bag and i know that there are people who love that stuff and you know Mm. but i i can say i've never seen an episode of the x factor i've never seen an episode of strictly come dancing you know though uh you know britain's got talent has passed me by i've never seen gogglebox all these shows that people like and enjoy there's nothing wrong with that. They're, mm-hmm. there. They're, they're there for those people to watch. I just, I'm not going to say that's shit television. I'm going to say, well, that's just not the sort of television I want to see. I don't want to watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire or um, you know, I'm a Celebrity Up the Jungle or whatever it's called. You know, those are not shows that appeal to me. But I've got enough television, quite frankly, that I do want to watch 
that makes that irrelevant. Well, I think it's, that's the thing. Television itself needs to be broad spectrum enough that there's something that everybody likes, even if some people hate it. Which is why it made sense to have Doctor Who on a Saturday night with those other shows that I never watch around it. Because otherwise, you're basically saying, if you don't like these reality shows or singing shows or dancing shows, then we're not interested in you as a viewer. Um, they just they just got so uh, conceited that they think, oh, these are doing really well. They're not thinking, well, there's an actual audience out there who'd like to see something a bit more balanced on a Saturday evening. Um, and you're not serving them at all. And so they're going off to other to netflix or to, to their dvd collections um, well there's a there's a fortnight every four years or uh called the olympics and every other four years uh the commonwealth games and i basically don't watch any of that so yeah. i find i watch my discs or i find other channels to watch you know the, the, there's a fortnight every year which is wimbledon where i don't you know i don't watch that i just i i'm quite happy that other people can i mean there are people who roll their eyes when i listen to hours of the test match the cricket and yet i never watch any football and yet there are people i know who are passionate about their football you know and f- football has just completely escaped me as a as a as a thing that mm. that's got any interest for me it, mm. i never have had i've never had a team yeah. i've never wanted to but that you know and, I, and and you could say that the problem is now that people want people to be just like them you know with the birds of a feather thing we all flock together so there's a lot of people who just want to uh say i think football is rubbish so everybody should and that's basically a form of cultural fascism that quite frankly is is not acceptable i think you know I, think... I, I want to live in a world where you know if people want to watch football they can but equally i want to live in a world where people want to watch doctor who they can yeah i think i think my thing is has been more i don't expect them to get rid of football that's unrealistic but what i i expect people is to go um being a doctor who fan say is is just as legitimate as being a manchester united fan um they're both forms of fanaticism about being a fan of anything is a perfectly acceptable thing if that's your bag but if your difficulty is don't assume that everybody's as interested in it as you are but also if you're a football fan or a sports fan that seems to be fine but if you say you like train spotting or you like Mm. watching doctor who then it certainly used to be a bit of a thing that people would giggle about um and really i mean the, the things that football fans do to follow their teams is far more extreme than most doctor who fans do to follow doctor who so um well, yes, but equally, I mean, again, um, it fascinates me. I mean, getting back to what we were talking about earlier, it fascinates me the amount of um, uh, what's what's it called? Not not free income. What's it called? Well, uh, you know, um, spare cash anyway that people have to spend on their their hobbies, their their interests. You know, what I mean, but it's you know, there's an awful lot of Doctor Who fans who seem to be quite happy have hundreds of pounds to spare to buy merchandise and things and you know and again there is in in football as well i mean it's a it, it it's not a cheap interest you know
what's this scene about? I've not read it. Uh, this is one of the first scenes in the film. This is when um, a yeti uncle Don, um, he, he, uh, he, he's being recruited by some sort of strange underworld spy type organization. Um, and uh, he, uh, he, he gets a report from the organization's computer. Oh, right. And this is meant to actually have happened? Um, well, uh, uh, I guess so. Well, obviously, um, this is where uh, Brandon comes in. Uh, who's Brandon? Oh, Cuthbert's friend. He's had to do all of Cuthbert's lines, of course. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, so that's a shame. Yes, well, I think he'll do a good job, though. I hope so. Uh, will you be quiet, please, Paul? Uh, I'm getting into the the, 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 the mood of, of, of the moment. Sorry, Yeti Uncle John. My name is Brandon. I will be standing in for Cuthbert today. It is quite an honor to be doing so. I am ready whenever you wish to begin. Did you want me to press start on the video camera? Uh, if you will, please. All right then, Brandon. Uh, you know what your lines are. So, uh... Let's just, uh, get it, uh, recorded. Brandon Action Stations, go, 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 exclamation. Okay, uh, uh, you got your finger on the start button, Paul? I have. Uh, I'll press it now. Cameras are rolling. Or, or action. Yes, I've seen scene one. Yes, right. Yeah, the Uncle Don. I have the results of your IQ test. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm very privileged to uh, be here. Uh, uh, I'm very excited to, to learn whether I will be appropriate for, for your organisation. Well, yeah, the Uncle Don, I am pleased to confirm that our tests show that you have the highest IQ of any person that we have ever, ever met. Congratulations. Oh, really? Goodness, I'm quite surprised. I knew I was a clever chap, because my mother used to tell me so, but I didn't realise quite how much. Here is a printout with your IQ number listed on it. Oh, thank you very much, computer. Uh, let me have a look. Good golly, that's a big number. I never knew there was IQ that was that big. You truly are a genius, yeah, the Uncle Don. We would be honoured to have you as part of our organisation. Oh, thank you very much. And it'll be a privilege working for you. Would you like to have a cup of tea and a salami sandwich? Oh, yes, please. That would be great. Uh, maybe a piece of cake? Yes. There is also five different types of cake for you to choose from. Help yourself! Exclamation. Marvellous. Being a top-secret spy sounds like it's going to be a great job. Okay, uh, cut. Uh, you want me to turn off the camera? Yes, Paul, that's what cut means. Sorry. Dave, you were very good, you gentle John. <laughs> Gosh. Well done. Well done. Well done, Brandon. Well done. Cuthbert would be proud of you. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, uh, good job, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, exclamation. Oh, yes, very good job. Very good job. Cuthbert would be pleased. What a shame, eh? Oh, well. Well, Cuthbert will be back on his feet eventually. Oh, just not soon enough for this film. Mm, of course. Clever, clever Cuthbert. Soon he will be well again.
as well as well can be. Clever, clever, Cuthbert! Exclamation. Uh, are we going for another take, or? Well, I don't think there's any point, Paul. I think that was pretty perfect, don't you? Well, I mean, you you uh, you got through the lines fine. You uh, didn't make any mistakes. So I, I guess I, I guess if you're okay with just one take, yeah, I think so, Paul. We've got a lot to get through. Yeah, well, um, yeah, that's certainly true. So how long were you with this spy organization? Well, it turned out it wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be. Oh, how disappointing, yeti Uncle John. Yeah. It, it was more like, well, it was more like being a store detective, to be honest. Uh, at some of the big stores in London, like Harrods, yeah, uh, you had to go in and pretend to be a, a shopper, you know, one of them uh, um, uh, sort of pretend shoppers. Oh, yes. It really did sound a lot more, um, I don't know, a, a lot grander from, from the script. Well, that's what I thought. I mean, I've sort of... Uh, tried to make it seem a bit more um, grand than it actually was, just just because it's a film. But uh, but uh, anyway, the the next uh, the next scene involves the well, a uh, scene in the shop where I worked uh, and the magpies. But uh, oh, okay. And who's in that scene? I, I think Martin's in that one. Is that right? Yes, Martin's. Please play a. Play, play, playing one of the uh, shop shop boys uh, in, in in the uh, the store. Oh, I saw him in his costume. He looks marvelous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does uh, rather uh, show off his. Uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> he does. Yes. Okay. So are we filming in a shop? Well, yes. Um, uh, Wilson has allowed us to use um, uh, one of the quieter areas of the Capel supermarket. Yes, <laughs> he's been very supportive. Has Wilson got a, a cameo too? We, yes, I've given him a very small part. Uh, he, he's he's going to play the, the manager. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, he's not really an actor, to be honest, so uh, I don't want to expect too much of him. Uh, that's fair enough. Well, um, let's, uh, let's get on to the next location then. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Goodbye, everyone, and good luck with the rest of the film! Exclamation. Boys, I can't wait for my scene. It's very exciting. I've I've always enjoyed amateur dramatics, but I've done very little of it. Yes, so so I hear Wilson. Um, how how's it going? How how many scenes are you recorded? This this is just the second. The first one was filmed down in a, in our lab. Oh yes, the lab. Oh, didn't you have a break in? I heard about that. Oh, dreadful. There was a break-in down in the lab a while back, yes. Oh, blimey. It's awful when things like that happen, isn't it? Yeah, yes. Yes, very awkward. So who's in this scene, other than me? Um, Yeti Uncle John, Martin, um, and, and, yeah. Oh, and them, yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, guys, guys, I think we're ready to, to roll the cameras. Um, Paul, do you want to press start? Is, is Martin here? Uh, yes, Paul, I'm here. I'm just over here. Oh, Martin, I didn't see you. Look at his look at his uniform, Paul. He looks so smart. He he does. Yes. Paul, have you turned that camera on? I have. Just switched it on now. All right. Scene two, uh, take one. Oh, have I got the first line? Uh, uh yes, Wilson. 
Oh, sorry. Um, ahem. Hello, sir. Can I help you? Uh, yes. I'm just looking for a gift for a friend of mine. Oh, yes. Uh, come and speak to my colleague here. Um, what sort of gift is it that you want? Well, I was looking for a gift, like a, well, possibly a pet, uh, an animal, uh, maybe a bird. Oh, it's funny you mentioned that. We've just got a load of birds in. Come and speak to my colleague. Percival, um, will you help this gentleman? He's looking for a gift, a bird. Oh, right. Thank you, uh, sir. I mean, thank you, boss. Uh, 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 please, gentlemen, come here. Uh, I do have a bird. Uh, uh, well, that's wonderful to hear. Uh, what sort of bird do you have? Uh, it is a magpie type of bird. It's funny because the person I want to buy the gift for is a big fan of the magpie. Oh, uh, well, I think you'll find our range of magpies very bountiful. That's good. Very good. Uh... Before I continue, I should just say that I am actually a store detective and I am reviewing your work. Oh, oh, uh, that's a shock. Oh, it is a shock. Oh, we never expected you. That is the whole point with the job that I do. Store detective, uh, I work undercover. But I would like to say that you have both been very helpful and I will commend you for your work. Oh, thank you, sir. I never knew store detectives could be so handsome. Uh, yes, nor did I. Well, you know, now you've learnt something. Uh, do you still want the magpie? Oh, yes. Of course. Uh, I, I couldn't turn down a decent magpie. Uh, yes. I think I'm up my line-up. Uh, cut. Shall I stop the camera? Yes, Paul. Stopping the camera. I'm sure I mucked up one of my lines. I don't think it'll matter, Wilson. Oh, that's up to me, Paul, I think, as the director. Uh, but you're, you're right, though. You, you made a slight uh, mistake on your line there, Wilson, but it didn't matter. You, you, you kept on, and it was, uh, it, it, it was, it was fine. Uh, did, did, I, did I do my lines all right, Uncle John? Yes, absolutely perfect, Martin. He was very good, wasn't he? I think that uniform does half the work for him, though. Oh, yes, I know what you mean. Uh, you're very cheeky, you two. Uh, things seem to be going very well so far, Yeti Uncle John. Yes, yes, but we mustn't rest on our laurels. We've got another scene to record before lunch. Oh, yes, scene three. Oh, isn't that the scene with my mum? Uh, yes, with Tallulah. Um, we, we got, so we're going to head back to the, the music school for the next scene. Oh, well, that's, that sounds marvellous. All right. Um, OK. Uh, right. Perhaps, perhaps a little bit of music and then we'll, we'll be there. Well, so thank you, Martin, and, and uh, thank you, Wilson, and uh, yes, uh, all very good. Yeah.
So listeners, we're at the music school now. Now, the next scene is scene three. It's a scene involving um, uh, Tallulah. Um, and now, it's, it's, not, it's not the sort of scene I expected. You know how Tallulah is with Uncle Warren. Um, uh, quite, quite doting and quite... Uh, I was kind of expecting that your Uncle John would write a scene where Tallulah was um, going to be sort of playing a character that was in love with Yeti Uncle John. But actually, it's not, it's not quite what I expected. Well, what are you saying, Paul? I was just saying, this scene three, it's not the scene that I imagined it to be. I, 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 he, he's cast Tallulah uh, uh, in a role, yeah, uh, I guess kind of unexpected. Yes, yes, I, I, uh, I, I, I think you're right. Uh, can we have some quiet, please? But about to start recording, Paul, could you uh, activate the camera? Uh, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a no, it's not a wrap. That's what you do at the end. It's, uh, yeah, take take uh, scene scene three to yeah. Okay, camera's rolling. This is exciting. Well, you're very excited about my scene. Uh, you, you'll be wonderful. So uh, let, let, let's start, I suppose. Whenever you're ready, yeti Uncle John. Uh. M- M- Miranda, uh, I'm a spec of you. Uh, I know my my uh, job as a store detective is is taking up a lot of time, and I've not had the time to spend with you. But please, p- p- please don't leave me. Uh, I-, I promise I'll I'll find more time for 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 for, for you and and for us. And, and you, you know I love you, Miranda. Oh. Um, Yeti Uncle Don, um, I, 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 I know that you do love me deep down, but I think you are more married to your job than you are to me. Uh, that's not true, Miranda. It's not true at all. <laughs> you know, yes, being a store detective takes long hours. He has a lot of responsibility. Uh, there's all sorts of things going on down the perfume aisle at the moment, I'll have you know. I know, but every week it's something. It's always something, Yeti Uncle Don. I know, I keep making excuses. What can I say? I don't think you can say anything, Yeti Uncle Don. No. You know, to be honest, I, I, I almost wish you were having an affair. But no, it's this job that you're wed to. You don't love me. You just love the life of a store detective. No, it's not true. I'm sorry, I'm leaving you. Goodbye, Yeti Uncle Don. Oh, Miranda. Uh, Oh, gosh. That was quite moving. Uh, Cut, cut. That that was very... um, That was. It was very... Yes, a very good job, Yeti Uncle John. I'm quite impressed. Oh, oh yes, you were marvellous, Yeti Uncle John. Well, well you were marvellous, Tallulah. You, you really gave it to him. I, I really believed in you. Oh, thank you, Paul. That's lovely of you. Yes, I agree. Yes, she was good. But, you know, I think we were both good. I think we bounced off one another, Tallulah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> bouncy, bouncy. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, look, I think we're going to stop for lunch now, aren't we? Uh, yes, Paul. Uh, then we'll do scene four after lunch. Yes, scene four. Um, who, who who does that involve? I think that's our scene, Paul. 
Uh, oh, yes, yes. Uh, our, our main scene is, is together. Yes, it's nice, isn't it? Yes, uh, I'm glad you cast us together, Yeti Uncle John. Oh, it's fine, Paul. It's fine. Uh, you know, I thought you two w- would work well together. Uh, Cromity can give you some tips, Paul. What, what, what do you mean? Well, you know, you've not done a lot of acting, have you? Uh, Cromity, you know, he, he, he's a, a wise man. Uh, th- thank you, Yeti Uncle John, but hasn't Paul done lots of acting? Has he? Oh, oh I guess so, uh, if you say so. Uh, I've done loads of acting. So I've been in films with Nick and, and yeah, other stuff. Um, charming. Well, anyway, thanks to Lula. Um, I've brought some sandwiches. I don't know about you two. Oh, it's all right. I, I played on a buffet. Oh, right. Uh, I wondered what that stain was on your dress. No, I don't mean I laid on it. Not laid on. I put one. I, oh, dear, you're teasing me now. <laughs> I was, yes. <laughs> uh, listeners, I think it's time for another piece of music or, or, or something or a quiz or, or a chat. or We're, we're going to have our lunch and then after lunch uh, it's, it's our scene. Yeah, I mean, things are going okay, I guess. I mean, the whole story is ridiculous, but, uh, yeah, at least things are going okay. For now. There's nothing worse than a, a critic who hasn't even bothered to do the research. I always ah. think, I always I think, think of, um, just tubes. You know. I, I always think, I always remember because I, I like the screen films. And when Screen Three came out, the review I read said um, Sydney, who's the main character, goes to Hollywood to seek her fortune. That doesn't happen in the film at, at any stage. She, there are characters in Hollywood, but she, at the, uh, the point in the film, she's been hiding away from the results of the first two films and she goes to Hollywood because some of her friends are there and she knows that the killer's after them. So she's not, the the person didn't go to the film. I mean, I I remember reading that the reason that Ruth Rendell uh, became an author was because um, she was a journalist Mm -hmm. and in one of her very early um, reporting instances, for some reason she didn't actually get um, to to the I can't remember if it was a, a play or but she wrote a review and handed it in, mm. and then it turned out afterwards that there'd been like a power cut and the play had mm. never happened and she was sacked. Mm. Uh, <laughs> well, again, is it? Oh, that expression I was looking for earlier was disposable income. By the way, that's, yes, that's it. Dis- yes. people have got enough disposable. What what's disposable is anybody's guess, but basically, you you've got spare cash to spend on rubbish, I suppose. But, but, but the the interesting thing is that. Um, no, I, I, I was uh, in a DVD box set the other week and, and the episode description, none of the things in the episode <laughs> description happened. None of them. <clears throat> I mean, I was thinking, well, this sounds like an interesting episode. It never happened. I don't even, I don't even know where they got it from. <laughs> but it's, it is interesting that when people don't do the work. Yeah, I think you're right. But, but also preconceptions are a terrible thing. I think the worst thing you can do, actually, is hype a series so and tell everybody it's the best thing ever because everybody's idea of what the best thing ever is different so if you actually go you are going to be disappointed if you actually sort of temper people's expectations 
you will i think actually people will be pleasantly surprised so if you, I, yeah i think that's what happened with me and indiana jones i was mm. not looking forward to it um mm. the only ray of hope was that mm. um phoebe Waller-Bridge was going to be good and and that that made a big difference and when she yeah, I mean of course she was um and it was well, good weirdly was i've good. never yeah. seen her in anything so uh, you know that's uh, it's one of those strange and peculiar sort of things that people thought people who are famous and well-known can completely pass me by these days she that's something I, else i get grumpy about uh, i mean it, it it scares me to say it but i i feel that she actually would make a good um Mrs. Peel in any Avengers thing that she, she I can imagine her being a Mrs. Peel. Um, I, I quite like. I think if you made the Avengers, maybe and I mean, obviously they made up a new character with Tara. They made up a new character with Emma Peel. I think you just, you know, I think maybe it's a bit like the James Bond films. They they have a different uh, female character in the yes. next film. Yeah. So maybe you know, I don't that know sort of character. You know, I don't know what what they'd call her, but uh, you know, just a different name, not not to be another Mrs. Peel, but to just no. be another Avenger. I think would yeah. be interesting. Um, but another, we... see, that's another thing to get grumpy about is remakes of oh. stuff that was better first yeah. time round yeah. instead of coming up with something new and something. You know, that that can be quite annoying too. Well, the the, the last thing I want to say before, mm. um, uh, sort of connected. Have I gone on again? I have, haven't I? No, no, it's fine. <laughs> um, the, the the connected to critics is experts ah. um, or, or self-proclaimed experts and i'm thinking of things like podcasting people who say oh well, if you're going to do a podcast it has to be 20 minutes long has to be like this has to be like that it just makes makes me want to go because as a, if you listen to podcasts you have a different you know maybe you love 20 minute podcasts or maybe you love hour and a half of or maybe you like often film review podcasts go on for five hours or two hours or three hours or, or maybe you like an hour or maybe there are different you know when you walk from so and so and so and so you might listen to an hour or your commute is this length or maybe you listen to three 20 minute episodes in a run there's no there's no right or wrong length yeah. for podcast um, there are there are caveats and i think i think the the interesting thing about that is is that the people who make those kind of definitive statements it's more of this we want people to be more like us and be be the same as us and agree with us but i think the other thing is now you get it you certainly get it on in places like uh twitter and uh threads as we have now and, and facebook it's this desire for people to like you or at least like what you've said and what people will do the things they will say, the things they will publish in order to appeal. I mean, as you know, I'm quite uh, reasonably well acquainted with with a with a, an ogron of some repute mm. on uh, on Twitworld. And uh, one of the things that he occasionally grumbles about is that he will post something which is funny, you know, very good and nicely done and put together and nothing. You know, and on, on the same day, someone will post something that's very kind of ordinary and it'll get half a million likes. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's like there's a closed shop somewhere and you're not a member. But but the, the, but that again, that's just the, the way you can't 
you can't prejudge what people are going to like and dislike and maybe that's part of the problem of critics as well as experts you can't uh, there's a wonderful line from William Goldman's book about screenwriting uh, adventures in the screen trade where he just says nobody knows anything nobody sets out to make a bad movie nobody sets out to make a bad episode of television they just don't know anything basically what will appeal and click with the public you know it there could be a universe in which India uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark got made in 1979 and nobody went to see it and nobody cared there could be a universe where you know the big movie of that year was um i don't know some something else that that is now a forgotten movie it's just it's a quirk of fate and we don't know anything all we can do is as creatives is put out our stuff and hope people like it and if they don't notice it or they don't care we've got to learn not to care about that but the problem is that people will put stuff out just because they 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 live and breathe off how many people like it and that can be a very damning thing i mean i mean i know a lot of these professional youtubers who i watch like the travelogue ones they put a lot of work in it but they didn't they started out with probably just getting hundreds of viewers and now they get 100 117,000 or something yeah. like that. and and um but i mean recently i went to a friend's house and i said cuz he had youtube on a big screen and i always like i mean which i technically probably do as well but um he, he wanted to see some of my videos that i made 13 years ago mm. and we watched them on the big screen we watched quite a few in a row and even though they are 13 years old I stand by them and I think yeah you did a pretty good job there. Yes that they they still get watched but the the ratings they get you know are probably creeping up towards the 2000 mm. mark after 13 years. Mm. But these professionals are, they're getting that in the first 5 minutes. Mm. Uh, um but well, if you like, if you do things for affirmation I think you're on a hiding to nothing really. I think basically you do things because you like them and enjoy doing them. I I think the I suspect the thing that bothers me more now is uh, it's it's basically I mean if you're a, if you're a struggling uh, writer and and you see somebody who's because they've been on the X Factor or whatever they get a book deal because it's their name because they know that's going to sell that I think is a is a worse aspect of it really but I don't I don't think if you just do things because you want people to give you lots of likes and and your profile and to make you an influencer i think you're on a hiding to nothing do it because i don't think when i was yeah i don't think when i was doing my videos there was even such a thing as influencers (laughs) this is what what i'm saying is if you if you make it they will come it might take many years what is it they used to say about overnight success is taking 15 years you know it it's just that i think if if your motivation from day one i mean some people will have motivation and that kind of drive and they will be very successful and and good luck to them but for the majority of people if you're trying to do something because you want it to be that you're probably less likely to succeed i I think I think I, I think I'm able to kind of distance myself. I think I reason I'm 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 glad that I'm happy with. So it, it's mainly my Shayeti on location videos where I went somewhere, did a poem, did a silly dance, maybe did a bit of a sketch. These are only 
I think they're the most mainstream thing that ex- that I've ever done. You know, the books, you have to buy them. The Sutton Park is a, a very a massive beast. It's hard mm. to sort of just dip into it. Uh, even the podcast now, it, you could what, listen to the odd episode, but they're quite, each episode is at least an hour and, and there's a big history to some episodes, whereas you can just dip in for 10 minutes show to um, show your tea on location video and uh, as a snapshot of what I've done. If I was going to, if one of the things that, everything else was going to vanish mm. I, I would be quite pleased if those remained because that they i i, I watch it at 15 years distance or whatever and think mm. yeah i quite like that guy he, mm. he did pretty well he's he, I, i'm quite happy with those still which i mean i know i do t- i do have a tendency to pat myself on the back uh, with things i've done but only because i think well oh. you know at least you don't want to be unhappy about something you've done yeah. you don't want to it's nice to think oh, I, you know, well i well i don't i think I think it's. It is, I mean, you you've got to accept that if you are in any kind of creative, yeah, you know, I don't say business, but if you're if you're doing anything creative, and you know something is good and nobody notices it, that is disappointing, and that is that is disappointing. But I think in some ways I'm more disappointed by somebody who keeps trying to flog that dead horse mm. and keeps pushing it and keeps pushing it and actually and says, okay, you know, because I think actually in the end it might take a while, but these things do get found. I, mm. I think they genuinely do. If you're doing good stuff, people eventually, it might take a long time, but I think people will come there. I think part of me is to see, I'm, you see, I, I see, I, I have a kind of, it's uh, bipolar relationship with this because part of me is quite happy to be invisible Uh, i'm not i'm not the media whore that i sometimes uh, suspect people think i am you know i actually am quite happy to just do my show and sometimes i forget to even promote it and it still finds the audience it gets and they're they're an audience i'm grateful for i don't have numbers you know in any massive Mm. quantity but those people who come back every week you know they're obviously finding something to enjoy and they go and maybe tell somebody else and and so those numbers creep up and you don't you know you don't hit a, a tipping point where suddenly you know the, like 80 people tell 80 people who tell 80 people right. you know that sort of escalation doesn't really happen but right. they might say oh this was quite enjoyable and they might go oh, okay let's have a listen and and you and it's so it creeps like that and that's good enough for me I don't really, li- I've never liked it is what my mother never understood I've never really liked being the centre of attention my mum always wanted to be the centre of attention. Mm. I really never liked it, and it, and it was it led to a certain amount of friction between us. However, that said, I know when somebody does notice a thing, I actually quite enjoy that. Mm. Yeah. I, there is still a little bit of dopamine hit there that goes, oh, somebody liked something I did, mm-hmm. you know. And that's I mean, a that's a different you know but but you know I feel that if I got to the point where I couldn't walk down the street because people were going you're uh, that person who does that thing, that would terrify me. Yeah, I mean, I'd crawl under a rock and never come out again. You know. I mean, you can't sit there and wait to be discovered. I mean, I remember reading the Writers and Artists Yearbook about poetry when I was thinking, mm. and it basically said unless you're you know somebody in mm. publishing or you've had a novel that's been successful mm. the chances of a publisher picking up your work or you've won some big prize the chances of a publisher picking up a poet um you're better off doing it yourself so around the time i discovered lulu and i thought okay that's what i'll do and i won't well, even, I, and I, I never I, even try i never even tried anywhere yeah. else so well i enjoyed poetry I, i'm a be- very bad poet but i enjoyed writing it but i wrote it for me i mean i would post it 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe I didn't write it for me because I would post it mostly so I'd know where to find it again later. Yeah. But it's but it's I I quite enjoyed the process and I, and and some of it when I read it back now is actually well, actually that's not half bad. However, you know, I I don't think that I I mean I, I'm realistic enough to know that that there are good poets out there and I'm not one of them. But but it was still an enjoyable process. You know. The thing is, I never enjoy. I never enjoyed good poets. It mm. wasn't the good. I mean, it depends what you call a good poet. I mean, well, I that. mean, to me, I you know, the, I like rhyme. So there are good poets, I guess, who do who are famous and did rhyme, but they're not looked on as much as the good poets who who probably didn't do rhyme or wrote serious poetry. And I've mm. never, I never liked those type of good poets. Mm. <laughs> Turn the camera on. Uh, scene four. Yeah, yes, yeah, scene four. Yes. Uh, right. Uh, I'm gonna have to put the camera on then. Come in front of the camera because because all three of us are in this scene. Yes, yes. All right. Um, um, <laughs> listeners, uh, it's our scene. Yes, it's exciting. Jesse, Uncle John, did this actually happen? What's that, Paul? Well, Cromarty and I are playing like groupies. Of you. Yes. Yes. I mean, you were a store detective. Did store detectives really have groupies? Of course. I was well known. I was well known as a store detective. I had quite a following. All right. Okay. Well, you know, it's probably... We're going back to, you know, costumes and uniforms, and he's quite dominant uh, as a store detective, Paul. I, I guess so. Yes. Oh, well. Um, okay, camera's running. Good, good. So, yes, Uncle John, you have to walk down the corridor go down the corridor and then walk back oh yes sorry paul sorry i was, I was thinking i was thinking about my lines and uh, yeah sorry yes i forget there's actual physical acting move, movement <laughs> yeah you start walking down the corridor and then that's when we start talking yes paul uh, sh- shall we start uh, i think so oh look it's him oh my goodness it is it's Yeti Uncle Don. Oh, uh, do you think do you think we can get him to sign something? Oh, I want his autograph. I'm going to ask him if he'll autograph my forehead. I think I might ask him if he'll sign my belly. Oh, wow, yeah, that's a great idea. Hello, Yeti Uncle Don. Hello, Yeti Uncle Don. Oh, 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 hello. Uh, I've seen you here before. Oh, yes, we're, we're very big fans of you, Yeti Uncle Don. We love watching you um, be a store detective and arresting people. Yes, yes, we do. We, we saw you on that program, the, the crime program. Uh, we, we saw the documentary about a day in your life. Oh, yes. Yes, well, that was great fun to make. Yes, I seem to be getting a lot of attention since I appeared on that documentary. In fact, in fact they've talked about me having my own series. Oh, wow, that would be great. 
Oh, yes, we'd watched that series. Oh, yet your Uncle Don, you're such a hero. Oh, well, you know, I'll just do what I have to do. It's my job, after all. I suppose so. Yes, I, I suppose so. Gosh, uh, can we get an autograph, Yeti Uncle Don? Of course. Uh, uh, where would you like it? Um, could you sign my forehead, please? I've got a black marker pen. All right, yes. Uh, what's your name? Uh, my name's Susan. All right. Uh, to Susan. Uh, yes, um, uh, love Yeti Uncle Don. Wow, thank you. And what about you? Um, m- my name's um, Mabel. Could you sign my belly, please? Yes, of course. Yes. Uh, to Mabel, lots of love, Yeti Uncle Don. Wow. Thank you, Yeti Uncle Don. We'd better let you get back to work. Yes, I suppose I ought to. There's a lot of detecting to do. Yeah. Wow. You're like a modern-day Sherlock Holmes. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I wish I could be your Watson. <laughs> well, uh, yes, I'll better go. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, goodbye. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you want me to turn the camera off? Uh, yes, Paul. Uh, yes, you, you did all right, I suppose. Thank you, Yeti Uncle John. Just turning the camera off. Well, I don't understand. Um, why don't we change the names? What's that? Well, I was playing someone called Susan... Uh, and um, comedy was playing someone called Mabel, and yet here we are, we don't look like ladies. We're, we're not ladies. Oh, yes, well, the thing is, uh, it's one of those things that gets lost in translation uh, in the script, because originally I, w- I was going to have a couple of friends of Tallulah's, but they weren't available, and then I tried to juggle things around. Yes, OK. Um, well, we could do it again. You could give us boy names. I don't think we've got time, Paul. I, I really don't. We've got to move on with scene five now. Yes, yeah, scene five. That's over at uh, Bettina's house, isn't it? Uh, yes, yes. Um, it'll be the last scene of the day, Paul, because I've, I've got an appointment tonight. I've got a little uh, a, a little wager going on, uh, a big game. Oh, really? What is it, bridge or poker? No, Monopoly, I've... But you know, I've 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 got money on it. Uh, okay, yeah. If, if if I win, it'll give us more budget for the film. Uh, okay, all right. We just pack up some things and then uh, we'll head over to Bettina's. They're expecting us. Uh, good, great. Uh, Reginald's in that scene as well. He, he's playing. Uh, well, he's playing like the the, the uh, assistant to, to the character that Bettina plays, and uh, yes. Yes, I think I, I do remember. I was I was hoping to get uh, what's his name, um, Duda uh, thingy, uh, her butler, ghost butler, but uh, he doesn't show up on camera, so Reginald's ha- having to play his part. Uh, yes, okay, right. Oh, Cromarty, why didn't he just let us change the names of the characters? Oh, that's not the reason why, Paul. I mean, the parts we played, they were meant to be played by somebody else, so. The question is, if we're filling in for these people who didn't show up, was there ever a part written for you and I? Um, I, I am sure there was, Paul. I mean, uh, one mustn't question the director. Oh, come on, Cromarty, this is Yeti Uncle John we're talking about. Well, I don't know, Paul. This is only the first day of filming. 
Yes, well, perhaps he'll use us for something else. I, I, I just, you know, I think about the films I made with Nick and, uh, and, and how he used to direct things and, um, you know, all this one-take business. I know we're, we're, we're a bit short of time, but uh, it, it all feels very slapdash. Well, you know, um, come on, we, we need to get, uh, we need to help get Uncle John with some of the props back to the taxi. All right, I suppose so. Oh, dear. Our listeners, we're heading over to Patina's now. Scene five. I think this will be the last scene that uh, you'll have to experience. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, I suppose it's gone relatively well. But uh, Yes, Paul, yes, it's been fine. Oh, I guess. Darling, I'm quite excited to play this role. Um, I've played many characters in my uh, in, 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 in my time, but uh, I've never played a member of the royal family. Oh, that's why I thought you were perfect uh, to, to play Queen Elizabeth, uh, God rest her soul, and uh, August, and you playing Prince Philip, God, God rest his soul. Oh, thank you, yes. Well, you know, I, I haven't done a lot of speaking. I mean, well, it's nice to get a more prominent role, I must say. I usually play tea kettles, as you well know. Oh, no, well, uh, on this occasion, uh, yes, it's very important that, uh, yes, you play this part. And and you, Reginald. Oh, yes, I'm very, uh, very happy that you asked me to play a a role in in your film, uh, Yeti Uncle John. Well, I know it's only a brief role, but, but I thought it really suited you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, uh, listeners, this scene um, is apparently when a Yeti Uncle Don is awarded some sort of medal by the Queen and Prince Philip, um, uh, and um, it was for being a good store detective. I mean, it's almost borders on fantasy. Well, actually, total fantasy. Well, if we could have some quiet now. Uh, Paul, if you turn the camera on. Um, sorry, I think there's a bit of noise in the background. Um I think, um, yes. Quite on set, please. Quite on set. Okay, I've turned the camera on. If you'd like to start whenever you're ready. Yes, right. Uh, Reginald, it's your first line. Oh, yes. Uh, Ah, Yeti Uncle Don, you're here. Uh, Their Royal Highnesses are ready to receive you now. If you'd like to follow me in. Oh, yes, uh, thank you very much. Oh, this Buckingham Palace place, it's, it's very nice, isn't it? Yes, yes, uh, we like it. Yes, uh, thank you. There they are, uh, just ahead. Just walk up to them and curtsy as you approach. Oh, yes, right. Oh, hello. Are you Yeti Uncle Don? I am, yes. Hello, Your Royal Majesty. Hello. I've heard so much about you, darling. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, sorry. Oh, I'm terrible. I've corpsed. I've corpsed. That's what they say. That's what they say when you laugh. Sorry. Can I do my lines again? Uh, yes, of course, Bettina. Yes. Uh, uh, hello, Your Royal Majesty. It's me, Yeti Uncle Don. Oh, darling, I've heard so much about you. <laughs> oh, yes. And this is my husband, Philip. Oh, hello. Um, m- my name is Prince Philip. Uh, it's very good to meet you. 
Uh, yes. It's very good to meet you, sir. I hear that you've been a, an excellent store detective. I have. I have. Absolutely, I have. Well, that's wonderful, darling. It's nice to know that someone like you is looking after our interests. I am. I'll be much looking after your interests, your, your Majesty. <laughs> darling. <laughs> well, here's your little badge. It's made out of paper mache uh, with some gold tinsel on it. Oh, it's marvellous. <laughs> Thank you very much. This is the most important moment of my life. Oh, well, I, I'm sure it's just the, the first of many things that uh, will be important in, in your life. Yeti Uncle Don. Oh, darling, yes. I agree. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> this is just the start of uh, a glorious career, no doubt. <laughs> oh. oh, thank you very much. Uh, I'm sure that uh, you will also have a great career. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> uh, cut? Uh, yes, yes, Paul. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a wrap, I think, at least for today. Darling, I feel so embarrassed about laughing in the middle of the scene. It's fine. We'll edit round it. Well, I mean, I don't mind doing it again. Oh, no, no. We're, we're working on a sort of uh, one one take basis, really. We feel it gives it a certain uh, ambience. Oh, darling. Well, um, how many other scenes have you got to do? Oh, well, you know, it's a few more yet, but not today. This, that's, that's all we're doing today. Uh, anyway, I better get things packed up. Thank you very much. And thank you for letting us use your wonderful house. Oh, darling, it's fine. I can't believe I got to play the Queen. Oh, I can't believe I got to play the Queen's husband. Oh, you all did a wonderful job. Oh, yes, uh, it was all wonderful. Yes. <laughs> Gosh, I promise you, we're going to hear every day that we're filming. Well, if we do, I think we'll get our names as production assistants. Uh, I suppose it's worth it. I mean, like as 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 where we started with this. I mean, the um, you know there is a lot of pomposity and nonsense spoken by art critics, and 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 uh, writing critics uh, have their fair share of similar people, and 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 indeed the poetry group. There's sometimes nothing more awful than actually being in a creative writing group where where everybody you know their their own ego is the most you know important thing in the room and, and 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 they just tell you something's rubbish rather than yeah i was reminded today and again uh, i like i like like um canaletto or i like constable i like that sort of art but i also like modern art but i like modern art that i think gosh how did they do that um i won't name, name i won't name the artist but there were you remember a few years ago that um there was an exhibition and it was and it was everywhere and it was just hearts with words written in it mm. and it was just done with blue pasta it just looked mm. like it looked like mm. anyone could have done it mm. and and yet the 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 background to it mm. the, the, the 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 art critic was oh mm. and they did this because and it and it was like it just to me seems like yeah, there's a I, lot of... I don't see I don't see that I feel, feel feel like the person woke up and the fo- the, the the art studio woke up and said you do know your mm. exhibition is next week mm. and they're like oh I've got some blue pens here let's just do something can't mm. even be bothered to work out whether the, the the words I'm writing are spelled properly but maybe that's being horribly judgmental probably well, I don't but... know I mean I, 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 I mean I've been a I mean I suppose I've been a harsh critic 
of uh, modern okay. art generally. I mean, I I like to be able to see the craftspersonship. Yeah. I like yeah. to be yeah. able to. I like the skill, and I like the fact that someone has. Sh- it's the interesting thing about um, the history of modern art. Uh, even when you go back to someone like Picasso, is actually before they started doing the stuff that people thought was weird and dorby, they actually were good painters Mm. and they proved they could do it before they proved that they could move on from it. Mm. And I think the problem is a lot of uh, art students now come through the mill and just think they've got to be extreme or radical or, or they just have to say this is representing something else. And actually um, sometimes it's very I mean, you could say it's very difficult, but it's very easy to do something that's a bit shit, but then claim that the, the a bit shittiness is part of what. Yeah, because somebody told me I was jealous that when I made that comment about that particular artist. Were, um, and I said, I'm not, I'm not jealous, but it would never have occurred to me that because that's something really literally any one of us could have done. But nobody would have been inter- if you'd have walked in with something similar um, and you were unknown, they'd be like, yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, well, I, I saw an exhibition that was about negative space once, and it was basically uh, some you know uh, cubes, but without the sides in, you know what I mean, made out of plywood knocked together. That's fine. But the woodwork was rubbish. <laughs> it was literally that they, uh, you know, they just got some strips of wood, cut them like that. Even you know, uh, used a what you called a, a file, you know, a, mm-hmm. uh, a plane to smooth mm-hmm. it off, and they banged some nails in not very well. And I think if they'd shown me some cabinet making skills, <laughs> I might have been impressed with that. But it basically it was a piece. It was a piece of rubbish. Mm-hmm. But it was a piece of rubbish dressed up as art, and that's mm-hmm. when I lose track of it i remember going to one exhibition once and it was just there was a a, a corrugated tube and there were bubbles coming out of the top Mm. uh and it was you know attached to a motor so the Mm. bubbles set pouring out like like from a washing machine or like from bubble bath you know just not not floating off but just like a cascade of bubbles and this was saying something about how every every moment is unique and, and and i just looked at it and go it's a really shitly put together bubble bath creating. Bubble yeah, I mean, bath. I mean, and it, you know, that's where I lose patience with it, I think. If I was going to give you 25 million, I'm pretty sure that you could come up with something absolutely brilliant. Um, I'd still have about 24.5 million <laughs> off, yes. uh, left. Um, I, you know, uh, m- money doesn't. It's not. It's not relative to what. what well, you see, is this is. I mean, I, 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 again, I mean, getting into grumpy ways again. But did that. This is the thing to me. Is it's funny enough. I was talking to my the window cleaner about this while he was sheltering from the rain earlier. You know, <laughs> it's. Um, I can't see the point in a car like a Lamborghini. If I had, mm. if I, if I suddenly had twenty five million pounds. I wouldn't buy a Lamborghini because I couldn't see any use of going. It, I, what use is that to me for going to Tesco? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see, status symbols and stuff—they count. The wealthy seem to think this stuff matters. The rest of us, maybe if you're aspirational, you want to be, live that lifestyle. But actually, I think the majority of people, you know, if they had 25 million, once they'd spent, tw- you know, 
a million of it on somewhere nice to live and maybe something half decent to drive, you know, a new car. They're actually, and gone on a couple of holidays, they're looking at the rest of it going, what the hell do I do with this? And, 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 and you know, there'll be one or two people who know that that car or that 500 pound pair of jeans is, mm. is something, but your grand, you walk into your grand's house wearing those jeans and she'll be like, put some proper clothes on or that's yes. that's scrappy put yes. some proper trousers on. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean nothing doesn't mean anything to, so only me well, so you, you have to be walking uh, around or driving around an area where people know that that means yeah. something well value and worth are two different things the problem is that people are impressed by that bullshit and you know or, or the or the address or the size of the house or whatever it is you know this is why bankers buy yachts you know the, there's no real you know i have no desire to buy a yacht you know, I, it's one of those things. What use would I have for one? You know, <laughs> and yet for some reason, people th- seem to think they're rich. Therefore, that's what they've got to do with it. But sometimes when you see TV or you go to a museum, I mean, presuming that what you're seeing isn't a mm. fake, but like if you see a crown or something, mm. I, you know, they don't always look like you know that could be sometimes i think oh, it's really cheap is it maybe yeah, it's because it is a fake or maybe it's i don't i can't tell the use, difference what <laughs> use is a diamond encrusted iphone you know yeah. what use is it it's you know it's still just a phone just because you can put it down and people will go that you know that cost me half a million pounds mm. like if you want to impress those they're not people i want to impress anyway but that yeah. setting all that aside what bloody use is it what annoys me about the ultra rich in the modern era and when you think about it, they were no better than the ultra rich in the Victorian era. But what they did was they tried to leave a legacy. So they would build a library or they would build a hospital. And at least then it may have their name and they may not have done it for any other reason as they wanted to be seen as being philanthropic. They may not have had good motives behind it, but at least they left a bloody hospital behind them. <laughs> at least they left a library behind them. These people we've got nowadays who just want to feather their own nest so they've got a lot of money in the bank they don't want to give it back to society they just want more money and and this is the problem i have with the with the current uh, yes. uber rich who are running politics mm. is that they're all they're really interested in is the acquisition of more wealth for themselves without seeing that you know even in the days in the past when we had the ultra rich they at least spread it about a bit or they're interested in their legacy or their yes. next autobiography or, yes. or, or in a hundred years time, people will be saying, Oh, that man was our greatest prime minister ever. Um, no. And yet they don't actually know how to be a great prime minister no. or do a, do something that will be considered great because they're so busy thinking about their own legacy. Precisely. <laughs> like catch 22. Really. It is. And I know that, you know, the only way to sort of be wealthy is to keep your wealth. I get why they do, why, you know, what they think about that, but actually, you know, they're, comes a point i genuinely think i mean i've never been in this situation i probably never will but it must genuinely come a point where you think well i've got enough to live on i don't need any more money what am i going to do with the rest of the this billion pounds you know i i i absolutely think that anybody living in the modern world given that the capitalist system continues which because that's a caveat because obviously you know if, if if the survivor situation comes along money is going to be irrelevant but given that you know i think that anybody could probably live quite comfortably if they had i don't know 10 million in the bank for the rest of their lives without it being a problem you know they would be able to afford whatever health care they wanted they could a nice house whatever you know there's a, and 
and yet there are people with billions and you think how much do you need to to feed yourself clothe yourself you know the things that keep you happy and alive the only thing that seems to keep some of these people happy and alive is the fact that they've got all that money and then they and then they decide their kids can't just have that money and then they they have to well uh, and then that ends up being a, a, a bone of contention and families end up falling apart because well, I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, ultimately, I mean, people, people say money can't bring you happiness, but, but, you know, lack of money can bring you a damn sight more misery. You know I mean? I, I accept that. I think if anybody, if every, again, maybe it's the, it's a, it's a different philosophy, but if, if everybody had enough to live comfortably, the world would be a lot better off generally you know spiritually if you like but uh, this idea that somehow you know there must come a point where you've simply got enough you've got enough to be comfortable and feel reasonably secure for the rest of whatever you know i, I worked it out once you know I, I was sitting in the office once and this was a long time ago and there'd been a lottery win on the news i think so it must have been the early days of the lottery and i worked out that on my wage at that time if i carried on earning for the rest of my career till you know retirement age at that point i would probably earn in total less than a quarter of a million pounds far less than a quarter of a million pounds and people were on this program and they were saying Oh, well, I only won a million. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, even if you did nothing, if you if you literally stopped today in the house you live in, in the with the car you've got, and you just carried on living your life as you are today, but didn't have to work a day in your life again, a million pounds at that point would be enough for you to live the rest of your life without having to work and just carry on living in the house you're living in you'd be able to afford to eat you'd be able to you know all you'd be able to afford to go on holiday every year because it was astonishing that the amounts of money and people were using the word only <laughs> oh dear was that enough of a rant for i you? feel we feel quite i feel <laughs> quite exhausted now <laughs> i'm sorry i i, I always think that we'd say we, we i know we, i know you push these as being grumpy i always when i listen to them back i always think we're being quite cheerful but yeah. well i don't know maybe maybe my cheerful is other people's grumpy who knows no, I, think it's, I think it's therapeutic for us probably <laughs> why we do we, maybe. we feel like we've got we've got we've got it off our chest a bit indeed it's uh, a pleasure yeah thank you very much and we'll do it again soon you take care man you take care <laughs> bye bye for now listeners uh that that's uh, about it for now um i'm afraid uh, that's a day in the life that's a, a day behind the scenes of it's uncle john's film um i mean yeah he's a very hands-off kind of director i guess you could say i mean at least he's not bossy uh and um well i guess we'll have to see how it all comes together
I'm sure it'll be wonderful. Yes, yes, I'm sure it will be. Well, we'll be back again soon. Uh, we've got plenty of episodes in the can. I hope you've enjoyed uh, this behind-the-scenes look on, on the making of a, of a film, even though it's a Yeti Uncle John film. Who knew he was such a talent? Oh, Paul, stop it now. I'm sorry. I try not to be sarcastic, but it's just, it's just very difficult. Oh, Paul. <laughs> All right, listeners, bye for now. Goodbye, listeners. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Please, Paul. I'm quite pleased. I'm quite confident. Uh, yes. Uh, um, well, you know, uh, we've submitted our film. We'll uh, we'll get to you know we'll, we'll get to hear in the next few days uh, as to how we've done. And uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, I must say, it, it it did go quite smoothly. I'm surprised. I was surprised you managed to get all the scenes done. You needed to. In the few days you were recording, yes. Well, uh, you got to have a a, a couple more lines. Uh, we we did, yes. Um, yes, uh, we had Charlie Gerd doing some voices. We had Albert doing some voices. It's a real family affair, I think. It was very much like a, a family sort of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a shame we can't share it all with the listeners. Yes, yes. Uh, we had a great cameo from Mr. Goodman, didn't we? Yes, Nick played a a, 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 a nice little cameo, and and, and 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 Toppy even appeared via Skype. Yes, yes, he played the president, didn't he? Yes, of America. Yes, he did. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 hard to believe that so much has happened in your life. Yes, Paul, I know, I know. Still, uh, I mean, of course. The, the the day that we were recording was all about when you were a store detective, but uh, the you did so much else or did, but uh, you know the store detective stuff was one of the most exciting things I did and and and, and the most notable things where I was kind of noticed and rewarded for my work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, gosh, how many store detectives get to meet the the Queen and Prince Philip? I oh, know I was very lucky. I still have that badge. Ah, yeah, well, I imagine it's something you'd want to hold on to. But uh, anyway, well, you know, um, what next? Another film, another script? Oh, I think so. I mean, you know, the whole competition business, uh, the whole, uh, like, film festival thing is it, exciting. But uh, I, I must have a word with Robert Big Fatty because, of course, he's into acting these days as well. Yes, he, he was in that movie where he was a bouncer. That was very exciting too. Yes, yes. You're surrounded by celebrities these days, aren't you, Paul? Uh, well, absolutely, yes. Um, anyway, right, well, listeners, I, I think I can hear the theme music, so we're, we're, we're going to have to go. Yes, well, it's been fun. It has. Um, I think John did a very good job.
Thank you, Paul. Thank you for supporting me. Well, that's all right, getting Uncle John. And it was fun to be back on, on the film set again. And it was nice to be with all our friends. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. <laughs> ah. i got to go now. It's been good, but yeah, definitely time to come home now. Wow, real? No, kidding. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride 48 Oh dear, <laughs> what's going on now? Oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Let's go. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net That is so cringe, Omega. You're a man of culture as well. <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, it's just, it's how disappointing. Get your John, what's wrong? Oh, well, oh, I've just got the results of the, the, the competition. Uh, it's, it's not as I was hoping. Oh, oh dear, did you, did, 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 did you not come in the top three? Uh, well, no, it wasn't like that. Uh, the, the whole thing's been cancelled. The whole thing's been cancelled? Yes. Yeah, well, apparently there wasn't there wasn't enough films in the end. What do you mean there wasn't enough films? I thought there were definitely other people who were taking part in this competition. Yes, but mysteriously, all the other films in the competition went missing. I think they were, were stolen and uh, they couldn't be retrieved in time. So, well, uh, the, the, the whole thing had to be cancelled. Well, that's very strange. What? All of the films went missing, but not yours. No, my mum was mom's safe, but uh, yeah, uh, 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 it's a shame. That is a shame. All that hard work. Well, at least they showed my film. People did get to see it. Oh, what a dreadful! Or maybe the police will find um, the the other films. You know, the ones that got stolen. Maybe the competition could be reactivated when the missing films are... Who would want to steal a load of films, amateur films? I have no idea, Paul. I have no idea. It's just backfired, that's all. What do you mean, backfired? Oh, no, I just mean it's... It's it's, it's, it's a shame. It, it, it is a shame. You did put such a lot of work into it. Yes. Well, you know, I guess I, I feel like I'm the winner anyway because I'm the only one whose film still exists. Well, I guess so. Anyway, oh well, I'm sorry about that, Yeti Uncle John. Um, uh, I'll have to tell Cromarty. Uh, yes, yes, all right. I've got to make a phone call. Uh, all right. <laughs> oh, what, a, what a shame. Some other strange. Who would want to steal amateur films? It's rather odd. Oh well. <laughs> Coconut Jim? Co- Coconut Jim, is that you? 
What did you do? I can't believe. Oh, it's all gone and backfired on us. No, no, no. The films went missing, like we arranged. But, but they, no, they, they went and cancelled the whole competition. Yeah. Well, it's, it's very annoying. No, no, I'm not cross with you. You did what I asked you to do, but. Uh, well, uh, I just thought it was a surefire way of us winning. I really wanted that prize money. How much? Oh, £25. Pound. Yeah, £25. Pound. Yeah, oh, I could have, uh, that would have paid for uh, magpie food for at least three weeks. Oh, dear. I mean, no, no, no. How could we have known they'd have cancelled the whole competition? No. Oh. Have you watched any of them? You know, the ones that you stole. I mean, presumably, my film was by far the best. What do you mean you really like the other ones? Oh, Coconut Jim. Oh, dear, oh, dear. You need to have a word with yourself. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I can't believe it. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeti Uncle John. Your wicked schemes backfire on you. Silly, silly boy. Oh my God, there's nothing I like better is when another new episode of the Shy Life Podcast comes out. So <laughs> oh, I think that was a wonderful episode, don't you, Tuppy? I sure do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, that was a good episode. Well, this is just the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Et voilà.